Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Roadie on the Horn podcast. This is episode 23, so shout out to Michael Jordan of this podcast. We have a good episode here, a lot of questions to get to this weekend as usual. Um, We'll start with a little bit of sports news, Um, but I will say here at the top of the podcast, obviously MLB uh, coming up here shortly, so we will have a full MLB preview podcast coming out uh, middle of next week, so definitely look out for that uh, as we get set for baseball to come back. But yeah, sports, it's on the horizon, and the next week we will be getting baseball back, so um, that's definitely exciting. And with that, I will now bring in my awesome co-host. He is Always active on Twitter and on the Xbox streets, so glad to talk to him here today, as always. But uh, without further ado, Donnie, why don't you say hello to all of our listeners here today? Yeah, hello everybody. Uh, I hope you're all having a wonderful, what is for us, a Friday night. Um, Sports, this is the last podcast that we have without the live sports of the major leagues, so that's just massive here. Um, Yeah, I don't know, I'm... As the days have gone on, I've become more and more, I don't know, just positive and exciting, and you know, I don't know. I'm fired up here. Oh, absolutely. Definitely excited to get into it. We don't have a ton of sports news to get to. Obviously, we're just kind of in that anticipation stage of things as um, we should be getting baseball back here in the next week. At time of recording, it's July 17th, so uh, next Thursday, July 23rd. That's been the day we've been highlighting over the last couple podcasts as opening day for baseball to come back, so uh, really looking forward to that, but um, with that, we can start diving into uh, the little bit of news that we did have this week, starting in the MLB with uh, news that has been coming out of players that have been deciding to sit out or uh, dealing with COVID situations, but uh, some players have come back. I know we mentioned Freddie Freeman being one of those players a few weeks ago, but he was able to return back to the Braves practice lineup today, so um, that was good to see for them. But uh, also Braves news-related things. Uh, Yasiel Puig, obviously former Dodger, so shout-out to Donnie. He'll have a, uh, a little bit to say here. But he was going to sign with the Braves, but then actually tested positive for uh, COVID, unfortunately. So the Braves decided not to follow through with that contract. But uh, obviously Yasiel Puig, a great Dodger, Donnie. But uh, what did you kind of uh, get your thoughts on that one? You know, I feel bad for him, especially because it took him so long to get signed. Then finally, he lands on what is probably the best spot in the NL um, for him in terms of fit. Like, he can literally just sit there and DH if he wants to. He could play right field if he had to. They don't have that many great, uh, you know, overly talented players. But, man, it just I feel bad for him more than anything because he's been trying for months and months and months to get a contract. Uh, it's not like he's a bad player. He's just, if some, I guess they don't like the fit or they think he might be a little bit too, uh, you know, rowdy or whatever. But you just, you have to feel bad for a guy like that who finally gets a shot and boom, he gets the test and back to free agency he goes. Yeah, obviously an unfortunate situation there, but uh, hopefully Yasiel gets uh, healthy here in the next couple of weeks and can eventually come through for that Braves lineup. As you mentioned, the Braves should be uh, one of the top contenders in the NL this year yet again. So that would be a nice add to their lineup. Uh, and as you mentioned, with the DH element being new this year in the NL. So uh, we can follow that. But um, really didn't have a ton new in the MLB. Obviously, we're just kind of getting closer to things. So um, just wanted to touch on that. But 
We do have a question related to the NFL, but some of the news before we get to that uh, related to some of the contracts that came out. Obviously, the franchise tenders, um, that was kind of a big story that one of the contracts that did not end up happening this week was Dak Prescott. So the Cowboys are just going to go through with his franchise tag and um, see if maybe they can get a contract done after next season. But they were unable to work out a long-term deal uh, with Dak Prescott. Obviously, um, that being different than what the Chiefs were able to do with Patrick Mahomes or, say, the Rams and Eagles with their respective quarterbacks, Jared Goff and Carson Wentz, in that same draft class uh, that Dak Prescott was in. But, uh, Donnie, do you have any thoughts on the Cowboys unable to get a deal with Dak Prescott? I know that was one of the big headlines from the NFL this week. You know, I mean, I'm not surprised. Uh, I feel like that's a very Cowboys thing to do, um, pinch pennies. Uh, I, I don't know. I feel like, obviously, that they have uh, some sort of an idea as to what the, that three or four million dollars means to their roster because I think that's all they really were off was a couple million bucks uh, I saw somewhere along the line there was an offer of like 30 or 31 million a year for him uh, long term I thought that's what uh, I saw was reported and I'm sure that he's not asking for any more than 35 or 36 million a year um, but yeah I think that's in terms of building a roster in the NFL if you're tight on the cap that four or five mil can go to three four five six seven different players that'll help you on special teams and such and I mean, it's um, I, I don't know if Dak Prescott has proved himself to be paid higher than uh, the majority of the elite quarterbacks in the league yet. Um, I think some people will disagree with me. Obviously, Cowboys fans are um, uh, of a different thought process on this. But as a Giants fan who's watched Dak Prescott, I, I don't think that he's really worth the money that he's asking for, period, anyway. So I think it, it's just a, it's a two-sided, a two-sided mess, honestly. And we've seen it for months now. Um, I thought the one interesting part is when you see like brothers or family members tweet about, oh, I don't know if I'm going to be supporting the Cowboys anymore, um, stuff like that. That's when you know things are really, really bad. Yeah, really interesting situation with Dak. Obviously, he was looking for money of a, um, say, a tier one quarterback, the Russell Wilsons or the Patrick Mahomes, some of those players. But um, he was unable to get that with the Cowboys. So um, that was kind of interesting. He'll go uh, on the cap for the um, franchise tag this year at $31 million, so still a huge hit against the Cowboys cap. But um, it is really an interesting situation when you look at Dallas because they have been kind of shelling out money. Um, lately, they did lose Byron Jones in this past free agency, but they were able to re-sign Amari Cooper. They've already locked up Ezekiel Elliott long-term. Uh, Blake Jarwin, one of their tight ends, has already gotten money. Their offensive line, Lyle Collins, Tyron Smith, Zach Martin, all signed for at least four more years. And then even on defense, Demarcus Lawrence, one of the highest paid defensive linemen in the league. Jalen Smith, the linebacker, he got paid already. Uh, and Anthony Brown signed for a few years. So the Cowboys, they haven't been shy about shelling out money in the last few years, but they were unable to get a deal done with Dak. So um, that is very interesting. Obviously, this season is going to be huge uh, whenever they determine that the 2020 season is over if we get a season. But if Dak, obviously, if he balls out, then the Cowboys could be in a position where it's like, well, they're handicapped even more because they're going to have to pay him that money uh, if he goes out and has a really good season and, say, Dallas wins the division, wins a couple of playoff games. So, um, obviously, a new head coach this year for Dallas as well uh, with Mike McCarthy. So, uh, definitely an interesting situation. I kind of expected a deal to get done, to be honest, uh, between Dak and the Cowboys long term, but uh, they were unable to come across that. So, wanted to note that, but... Um, of the contracts that we did here, um, some of the defensive linemen, 
Uh, got really paid here in the last few days, including Miles Garrett of the Cleveland Browns. He signed a deal that made him the second highest paid defensive lineman in the NFL, five years, $125 million, uh, only behind Aaron Donald. And then the other defensive tackle who got paid would be Chris Jones of the Kansas City Chiefs, four years, $80 million. So obviously they just paid Patrick Mahomes as well. So they lock up one of their best defensive players uh, still in his prime at 26 as well. So um, with that, I was kind of look looking at some of the defensive linemen who uh, are most paid. So I can just read off the top five uh, for curiosity, folks. So as I just said, Aaron Donald, highest paid defensive lineman, followed by Miles Garrett. Demarcus Lawrence, I just talked about Dallas paying him. Then Frank Clark, also with the Chiefs. So the Chiefs have now two defensive linemen locked up, and then the fifth being Fletcher Cox of the Eagles. So uh, all those guys making over $100 million and locked up till uh, at least 2023. So those are the defensive linemen that have gotten really paid. So um, just kind of wanted to note that. It's always kind of fun to look at um, who the highest paid guys are in the NFL at certain positions to um, see if you feel like those guys are worth it or not. But um, just wanted to throw that in there. But um, yeah, Donnie, did you have any thoughts on some of the guys that got paid this week yeah you know I thought it was pretty interesting to see Derrick Henry did not get as much as I thought he was going to uh, I think he signed four years about 50 million uh, which I guess as a running back is probably pretty fair um, considering I think you, you're one of the proponents of you know the running back's not that important um, but for the Titans I think it's a little bit different I think they have a their roster is so strangely built to where Derrick Henry can be the feature player almost all game offensively it's like you know we saw in the playoffs last year Derrick Henry was basically the only one doing anything um and it, it's really interesting to see that the direction the Titans are going in seems to be Tannehill and Henry moving forward and I think that's just such a strange combination considering I don't know if you took some pressure off of Henry and you got a, a high-end quarterback with him don't you think the Titans would be really really dangerous because like I don't feel like they're very dangerous as is with Ryan Tannehill as their quarterback yeah I agree the Titans uh I, I really didn't agree with that Ryan Tannehill contract and um, they did get some nice production from AJ Brown on the outside last year but yeah I, I like you mentioned with just paying running backs in general I don't think it's necessarily the smartest strategy just when you look at um say positional value and where you can find um guys that can give you production of some of the top tier running backs in say a committee um I know every time I think of this I always like to look at the Indianapolis Colts I think they do a really nice job of balancing other young backs that they can find even in um, kind of like the mid rounds of the draft guys like Marlon Mack Jordan Wilkins um Naeem Hines are, are guys that I'm thinking of that uh, I definitely like that approach more when you're looking at a team building um, philosophy of things but yeah I mean Derrick Henry really kind of carried the Titans so um, they were able to come that to with that long-term deal he is now the fourth highest paid running back in the NFL overall behind Zeke Elliott Christian McCaffrey and Le'Veon Bell so um, definitely another interesting deal that you brought up there. I have one specific question for you. Uh, it's a little bit off the board here. It's about AJ Green. Do you think AJ Green is happy with his current situation? Because I think he, uh, it might have been just yesterday, he he signed the tender um, saying that he was going to be a franchise player next year. Uh, do you think AJ, do you think he's happy? Is AJ Green happy? Would you say that he's in a good position to uh, be successful moving forward? Or do you think that it's just like, it's going to end up wasting his prime waiting for the Bengals to get back in it? Yeah, it's kind of an interesting thought there. Uh, I know always when I think of AJ Green, I mean, obviously he's had the talent and he's been productive for a while, but it seems like injuries always kind of get AJ Green that um, he's been on some tough teams the last few years, but it was obviously super productive when uh, the Bengals had a nice defense and Andy Dalton was able to get him the ball. So um, kind of interesting there. Obviously Tyler Boyd uh, across from him 
has been a productive receiver the last two years or so. But um, it, it is kind of interesting because I kind of did just assume that A.J. Green would kind of move on from the Bengals um, as they kind of shift eras. Uh, new head coach last year, obviously new quarterback this year with Joe Burrow. But um, I think it does make sense that you want to uh, surround now your young quarterback with as many weapons as you can. Um, I know when I think of a similar situation, um, when the Eagles signed DeMarco Murray a few years ago, obviously that signing did not work out, but when they changed from Chip Kelly to Doug Peterson, the offense, I still feel like could have benefited from having DeMarco in the offense, but they traded him away from the Titans and he had a really nice year before, um, they kind of shifted things over to Derrick Henry. So I guess respect to the Bengals in that regard, that instead of, um, deciding that maybe this relationship, they could move on from green. They decide to reach an agreement and continue to surround Burrow with uh, a lot of weapons. Obviously, John Ross was uh, a top pick a few years ago as well. So um, I think it makes sense from the Bengals' perspective. I'm a little skeptical that they should be allocating more resources on their offensive line. I feel like that's been a weak spot for them uh, the last few years. But yeah, definitely another interesting player that you brought up there with A.J. Green. Yeah, that was more of the thought process for me is like, don't you think they could be spending the $17 million or whatever they have to pay him uh, elsewhere to kind of like shore up the rest of the roster? Because it's like, I think AJ Green would probably be thrilled to end up moving on and going to another team. Obviously, there's teams out there that need wide receivers um, that he could uh, head to right away and maybe be contend for a title and then for a championship you really never know um if he could get on a super bowl contender or not but i'm assuming he could depending on what he wanted money wise um but yeah as you were saying with the Bengals receiving core and all that wouldn't you think that they would like try to you know use that money to uh, improve other i I don't even know like their defense is pretty mediocre offensive line is pretty mediocre don't you think with all the weapons that burrow would have had with or without green that they could have used it a little bit better um in a better direction yeah, definitely think that's a fair point that you brought up there. But um, at the same time, obviously, when you have a quarterback on his rookie deal, really, that's the time when you got to start to maximize it. And uh, looking at your other positions, that's where you're spending the most money. Um, like when I look at some of the past Super Bowl champions, obviously, you have the Patriots uh, being a common theme, but Tom Brady wasn't usually one of the highest paid quarterbacks. It's, it's a lot of guys who were on rookie contracts, like the 2017 Eagles. Obviously, they had Nick Foles, but Carson Wentz was a quarterback for a lot of the year on a rookie deal. Um, this past year, Patrick Mahomes, obviously, he was still paying on a cheaper deal than um, what he has now. So um, it, it's kind of an interesting idea that when you get your quarterback, you think you're looking for like long-term future. But a lot of times, it's when your quarterback's on his rookie deal, that's when you got to maximize your window of, of trying to win and surrounded by the most talent. So um, it's interesting that they, they keep green there. But um, yeah, definitely an interesting discussion there that you brought up. Yeah, um, I don't know. I still think, just shifting topics a little bit, I still think the NFL um, at this point, uh, there's some other things that we will need to discuss moving forward, um, including the Redskins like we talked about last week. There's a whole whole new can of worms that's opened up this week um, of what's happened in the NFL. So I think they have a little bit more to worry about than you know free agent signings and all that at this point. It seems like the NFL um, with COVID and now this Redskins scandal, there's going to be a whole lot of fuckery moving forward the next couple weeks that I- I'm – Maybe not excited about because you never want to be excited about negative news, but it's like I'm so curious to hear about just what's going to happen here. Everything is going to go on with, with everything that's happening in the NFL. Um, obviously, they, they're not sure if they're going to be able to um, you know, play like we've dealt with other leagues. But at this point, you know, you can talk about signings all you want, but the NFL seems like such a just a, a mess of a league right now, honestly. Yeah, a lot of issues going on. Obviously, 
Um, there you're referring to the some of the sexual assault allegations going on in the Washington football team organization. Um, some of those came uh, not necessarily for Dan Snyder or Bruce Allen, some of their high executives, but um, others in their organization. So uh, obviously a lot of interesting news coming out about that team. We touched on um, the team name Nick, team nickname issue a few weeks ago. So um, as you just brought up, so yeah, a lot, a lot of issues going on in the NFL. I know we talked about last week how uh, we have some skepticism as it relates to how the NFL can get things going or if they'll have to push things back. But uh, I think a lot of it's going to depend on on how some of the other leagues go. So obviously MLB um, will be coming up here this week. MLS just got started a few weeks ago. So um, how the NFL follows, how those leagues go will, will definitely be big. But yeah, as you mentioned, some of the other interesting news going on uh, in the NFL this past week. Yeah, but I mean, it's like we've got so much else to talk about. It's like finally we've hit some. We hit a point where we don't have to sit here and ramble about the same things for about 30, 45 minutes, right? Like this is huge. I know. It, it, it's a big development, obviously. So uh, <laughs> good to touch on some of those news-related things from this past week. But uh, with that, we can get to some of our listener questions as we do every single week. So big thank you to everybody who did ask a question once again this week. So we can start off. One of our questions comes from my buddy Hunter. Uh, again, another question this week. Uh, this one relates to the NFL, so we'll start off with here. He says, what are the chances that you think the LA Chargers will re-sign Joey Bosa? So uh, I went in, I took a look at some of what uh, the Chargers cap situation is saying, and uh, they have a lot of pending free agents this upcoming year, obviously moving on from Phillip Rivers going towards Justin Herbert, but um, some of the free agents that after this season uh, will be unrestricted include, say, Keenan Allen or Hunter Henry, Mike Pouncey, their center, uh, both their star defensive linemen, Melvin Ingram, Joey Bosa, who the question is about, their best linebacker, Denzel Perriman. So uh, a lot of players who will be pending free agents this upcoming year, Desmond King as well. Um, who was an All-Pro last year? Shout out to Iowa there. But uh, so yeah, a lot, a lot of unrestricted free agents coming up for the Chargers this year. So uh, they will, uh, you could say, have the cap to spend it on Bosa. I think they will end up doing that. I think if it was between, say, Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa, they would definitely go with Joey Bosa, um, big time age there. And I think Joey Bosa is really only just hitting his prime here. So uh, I do kind of expect that the Chargers will get a re-sign with Joey Bosa, but there were some issues with him um, getting his rookie deal even signed when he had that brief holdout. So. Um, that'll be interesting to follow, but yeah, the Chargers should have a lot of open cap this upcoming year, um, and then they'll be able to choose how they spend that around Justin Herbert, kind of like what we were just talking about there with the Bengals. Yeah, uh, I did research specifically for this question, uh, knowing there was a possibility that I have to say something, and the Chargers have more cap than everybody in the league uh, coming off of next year, other than the Colts, who have just a ridiculous amount of money to be able to spend, which is kind of ridiculous. Uh, $113 million seems just just a little bit much. Um, but obviously the Colts are going to have a lot to deal with uh, moving forward. Uh, but yeah, you would assume that the Chargers would just pay him whatever he wants at this point. Um, I think you need a face for your franchise, and after Phillip Rivers has I mean, he's gone. You need somebody to take over that you know face of the franchise thing, somebody who's selling jerseys and everything. And I think he's probably the perfect guy. Um, it, it probably comes down to whether he's going to take a little bit of a cut um, based off of what he would get in free agency and all of that. Um, but yeah, you have to assume that a player like that, you just can't let him go, right? Like, you have to hold on to him. Yeah, definitely got to assume that uh, there with the Chargers. Obviously, I would say he's probably the best overall player on the Chargers going into next year. So um, definitely a player that they would want to lock up long term. So uh, definitely an interesting thought there. A lot of NFL contract talk. So um, that's interesting. Obviously, um, as we've been talking about, excited to get back to some actual sports news. But that's what we had this past week. So uh, good question there, Hunter. Big appreciation there. 
Uh, with that, we can now move on. Next question here we have from at Jason underscore BH88J. He says, what teams do we think will be most or least impacted by the restart? I believe here he's referring to NHL teams. So um, I know this is something that obviously we've talked on uh, on a couple of different podcasts, but uh, Donnie, do you think you have any indication on teams that um, will be more or less significantly impacted when hockey starts back up here in a few weeks? Yeah, no, it's like uh, everybody that was healthy. So it's like we have... Teams, as we've talked about uh, prior, teams like the Blues who get Tarasenko back, the Rangers get Kreider back, you know, the Hurricanes are going to get Hamilton back. All these guys are uh, probably top five contributors for their individual teams. And, you know, if you lose a guy like that and you don't have him for the playoffs, as the majority of these teams probably would not have had, I don't know Tarasenko's status necessarily, but I do know uh, he was hurt almost all year, if not all year. Um, will definitely benefit from getting healthy. And I think you can say basically everybody's going to benefit uh, a little bit from just having fresh legs and, you know, um, being able to get the best group of guys you can get out there. Um, a team like, I, I don't know, in terms of uh, manpower loss, man, uh, injuries um, so, and such, you know, you have to say uh, some of the lesser teams probably won't be impacted much. I don't think teams like the Predators had that many major injuries this year. And I, I don't think that the, the restart is going to really do anything for them. I still think they were going to lose regardless of what they did. Um, you know, you come back to this when the Predators win the Stanley Cup. But um, yeah, it's just it's a really interesting thing to think about. Um, I just it, we're going to officially see how fresh legs really help everybody. Because if you don't have fresh legs at this point, I don't know what you did. I'm not sure how you managed that. But uh, I'm just assuming the majority of the players will be super fresh, and we should see some of the highest quality hockey that we've seen maybe in the last decade or two. Um, hopefully yeah, I definitely coachable, right? Right, yeah, definitely looking forward to that. I, I saw also that the uh, arena in Edmonton they had some flooding going on, and uh, Patrick Kane was asked about it. Obviously, the Blackhawks uh, will be going to Edmonton anyways, but they would be playing the Oilers, and Patrick Kane was like, "It's almost like they don't want us to play." They had a, a arena flooding, so uh, I thought that was pretty interesting. But yeah, I mean, this is something that we've talked about now the last couple of weeks. Obviously, Donnie he brought up Tarasenko. That's something that I've touched on that I think will be a big add. But uh, you also touched on teams that we think uh, will be least impacted. But I think I can look at that in a negative way i'll bring up the blackhawks here as well um they are also noting that uh instead of publicly announcing which players get coronavirus or test positive they're just deciding that everybody is declared unfit to play that's the terminology so uh unfortunately for the blackhawks that includes Corey crawford uh who has been unable to practice the last few days Ole mata today as well andrew shaw already declared out for the rest of this season so Unfortunately, it seems like the Blackhawks are going to be hammered by this. But um, as I've talked about in the on the past in this podcast, uh, I don't necessarily expect the Blackhawks to go uh, and beat the Oilers here in the first round. So um, I think they're kind of low key tanking for Lafreniere. But uh, we'll see about that. But uh, yeah, definitely an interesting question there. Uh, excited to get hockey back. So um, with that, we can shift few other questions, but thank you for that one, Jay, uh, related to hockey here. Uh, next question, he says, from Neil YC123, he says, what are the chances that we think the Stanley Cup could be back in Canada? Obviously, uh, no Canadian team has won the Stanley Cup since the 1990s, been a little bit, but uh, Donnie, do you think there's any team of the Canadian teams that are coming back to play that um, you think have a shot at getting the Stanley Cup this year? Honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if all of the Canadian teams were out in the first round. Like, I don't really find there to be a team. I, I, if I had to pick one, it'd probably be Toronto. But like, does Toronto really have a chance against all those high-powered teams? I don't think so. It's you have to think about it. It's like I if you could even consider any of the teams like the Oilers or Montreal uh, being a contender right now, which I, I just don't think you have either of them even close at this point. 
But like, I, I don't see any of them even making it that far in the playoffs, let alone winning it all, right? Like, I, I just feel like it's a little bit too far-fetched for this year's restart. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you on that one. Uh, I know I kind of made fun of the Western Canada teams before. So uh, Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver, those teams, they don't win in the playoffs. I've seen that script before. Uh, the, those teams, just the style of hockey they play, uh, it doesn't value skill as much as I think is needed to win the Stanley Cup. So um, I definitely am ruling out some of those teams. You touched on uh, Montreal as well. Obviously, they're being the 12th seed, a tough matchup with Pittsburgh. Um, not one that I expect them to come out on top with. And then obviously Toronto as well, uh, a team that's had major flaws defensively the last couple of years. So um, I think that's going to be something that would hold them back from going all the way this year. So I don't think it'll be this year for Canada to get back to Stanley Cup. Uh, Neil also mentioned that uh, it'll, the all the games will be played in Canada. Obviously, we touched on that uh, Toronto and Edmonton will be the hub cities, but uh, another American team should be hoisting the Stanley Cup again. So um, I do expect the Canadian drought of uh, no Stanley Cups to continue again this year. Yeah, I would say this year, probably next year too. Um, I don't think any team is really going to get in that contention spot. I think we've we've kind of established that Toronto is um, maybe more of a pretender than anything, which is unfortunate considering when they signed Tavares, everybody was thinking like, oh, this could really be this this could be the year where the Leafs actually like win their division. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't think that they're on the same level as a Tampa or a Boston right now, and you know they have cap issues, which will just be increasingly more. Um, I, I don't know. I think it's going to be dangerous for them considering I think everybody was kind of expecting the cap to go up at least a million or $2 million this year, and it's not going to go up at all. And the Leafs have been in, uh, I'd say, minor to uh, moderate cap hell for the last, what, five, four or five years, um, I feel like, whether it was before the rebuild and then now with all the good forwards. It's like they've had so many contracts they've had to deal with, and it's just like I, I don't remember Toronto like really being like, a contender contender by the way they've played um i don't know it's unfortunate because the leafs fans are so passionate um and, and they just really want to see their team win but man it's like if you're a leafs fan can you really think like oh yeah we're gonna win it this year i, I don't know if you can yeah i agree with you there i think of all the canadian teams though it seems like the leafs have the high-end talent obviously you mentioned Tavares, so um, when they acquired him a lot of hype but obviously matthews marner nylander you think that there is a shot that they could just kind of dominate a playoffs but um, kind of as I touched on a little bit before, I just think their defense is just not good enough for them to get it done um, in an entire Stanley Cup playoffs just to go all the way. Um, they haven't made necessarily as much of progress since they just got into the playoffs. Seems like they lose to Boston every year. So um, still a, a little bit of a hill to climb for the Leafs. But um, I would say of all the Canadian teams, I would probably look at the Leafs uh, as probably their core as best of a shot of anybody um, to get there. Maybe Vancouver as well, but um, I definitely have some pause with Vancouver. But um, yeah, I would say if we're to give any hope to the Canadian teams, I would say I give the Leafs the best shot, but, uh, but yeah, I'm in agreement. I don't think it'll happen, uh, this year or even, uh, you mentioned next year. Yeah. You know, I've been on the record saying, uh, I think Vancouver has a very, very, very slight chance uh, as a dark horse, but, um, speaking realistically, if, if I'm not talking about dark horses or a team that's going to win it all, um, this year, I, I don't know. I'm not really, uh, I, I'm not really super high on the whole, uh, Canadian teams in general right now. It's like Calgary is kind of just there. Edmonton's kind of just there. Uh, Vancouver at this point, very young team. Um, still waiting to see what they develop into. Toronto, we, we've said goalie issues, defense issues, forwards not showing up at the right time. You know, it's like you, you let a, a backup, you, you let the emergency goalie shut you out in a period, you know, so you're having issues. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's kind of tough to think about it. Like 
Canadian team's futures, there's not many guys, like, not many teams you can say, oh, I'm confident this team is going to win a, a cup in this decade. Like, I don't think there's a certain team that you can say, oh, 100%, um, they, they will at least make a cup in this decade. It's like, I think there's there's not really a team there you can pick, like, oh, yeah, definitely, no doubt. Yep, we're definitely in agreement on that one. So, uh, more drought for Canadian teams getting the Stanley Cup. So, um, unfortunate for them, but that's what we got. That's that's our opinion on that one. So, uh, thank you for that question, Neil, though. I think if there is a year, it would be interesting to see him uh, get it done in the restart year. But, um, yeah, not something we expect. But interesting thought. So, thank you again, Neil. Moving on here, next question we have a couple from our friend Gens at Gensel on Twitter. He says, uh, wants some thoughts on the Chicago Blackhawks. So I know I just touched on this a little bit ago and their chances in the first round. So I'll just kind of reiterate those here real quick. But yeah, as I mentioned, obviously, Corey Crawford still unfit to play. Unsure if he will be able to get a shot. If not, it will probably be Malcolm Subban, who they acquired when they traded away Robin Lehner at the trade deadline, which obviously is not optimal when you're facing Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl in a five-game series coming up. So um, you have that. Obviously, I've talked on the Blackhawks' defensive woes that have happened over really over the last couple of seasons. Um, I know I touched on that with the Leafs, but um, I just don't see a way that what the Blackhawks turn out defensively is good enough for them to really win this qualifying series or even make some damage in the playoffs. Uh, and then I know I touched on Andrew Shaw being out as well. So a couple of hits for the Blackhawks. Obviously, you still have um, some playoff experience, Taves and Kane specifically, uh, Duncan Keith as well. But um, I really don't see it this year. But hey, I mean, you never know. Like we've been saying, I mean, it, if there is anybody to bet on, it would be the underdogs um, in this year, just because we have no really idea of what's going on. I don't know how big of underdogs the Blackhawks would be in that series. But at least in my opinion, they're definitely big underdogs in their in their series against the Oilers. Yeah, you know, it's like if the Oilers didn't have the best uh, power play in the league and the most dangerous players in the league, I'd say the top two of the, the top five, I'd say it'd be a different story. But um, I don't know. I think in a five-game series, anything can happen. It's like if, if Crawford does end up playing, you know, maybe he could steal a series. He has been, uh, I'd say, above average this year. I think that's all I'd give him in terms of his uh, uh, his output in that he's been good. He's been fine. Um Whereas the Oilers have a slight issue, you know, it's like maybe Patrick King comes out there and shades of cup runs and, you know, wills them to a series win. I wouldn't doubt it. Um, I think that's probably one of the more uh, unpredictable of of the series. It's like you really never know what's going to happen. It's like if dry settles doesn't show up, what happens? Like, I don't know. There's a lot of question marks and a lot of uh, a lot of what what could be uh, in that series, I think. Right, especially, obviously, that series being played in Edmonton. So um, we'll see if there's any sort of home ice advantage. Obviously, no crowd, but um, we'll see if that has any impact as well. The Oilers players being able to stay in their actual homes while everybody else is stuck in their hotels or whatnot. I don't know if that necessarily has any impact, but um, definitely think I would note that as well there. Yeah, uh, not wrong. Um, I also think, uh, just a, a little bit of an addition here, uh, Gantz asked another question asking if I could beat him in any video games, and I would say probably everything except Call of Duty. Uh, that's my answer. That's going to that's gonna anger him to a point uh, of no return here. Um, so when he listens, just make sure that, uh, you know, you're, you're not too... Uh, you know, you're not too surprised if there are some expletives thrown in there. You know, it's like, uh, I think he, he's... Uh, He's not going to be really happy with my response there. Yeah, so obviously you gave you gave Gens a little bit of, of a bonus there with Cod Donnie, but like, give me a game that you feel like you would absolutely dominate Gens in if you you were to just pick one game. Oh, I mean, it's like play me in Madden. I'll probably kick the shit out of him. Um, NHL will be close because he, he he sweats. He's a he's a grinder. Uh, you know, two K. I think he's probably better than me. He's got a ninety eight overall center on on Park that I played with one time. Um, he, he's been grinding for a while. 
But yeah, if I had to guess, I'd probably say Madden. Give me, give me a Madden game against him, and you know, um, I'll throw slants until uh, he can't cover me anymore. I don't know. I'll take it. Uh, obviously, you gave him a little bit of head, so I gotta let you flex a little bit your skills there, Donnie. So, um, good questions there from Gents. Appreciate that one. Uh, we can move on here. A couple more questions here uh, on this podcast, but this next one obviously comes from our buddy Josh, who uh, will be joining us next Tuesday when we break down some of our uh, MLB preview. But he's got another funny question, as always, never fails to disappoint for us. But he says, would you rather have a roommate who has coronavirus, which is something that Josh actually experienced, but uh, he says, would you rather have a roommate who has coronavirus or have a roommate who is a grizzly bear? So you got to pick one or the other, Donnie. There's no one between... What are your thoughts? Yeah, I just feel like I'd probably take my uh, take my chances with the COVID patient. Um, you know, it's like I feel like a grizzly bear. Let's say you go to sleep and the grizzly bear wakes up in the middle of the night, pissed off, like you're dead. It's over. Um, so I think that's that's like that's a clear answer. I don't think that's too tough of a question, honestly. It's like you know, I think um, at my current age and my current health, I think I'd be okay if I had a roommate that had COVID and I I can go. I got COVID. I think I'd be okay. Um, I'm sure you have the same opinion, but go ahead. Uh, what would you do here? Yeah, the logical answer is definitely going with the roommate with COVID, but I do think there would be an element of badassness, if that's even a word, which is not, but I'm inventing it as a word right now, to being able to say that my roommate is literally a grizzly bear. Like, if you somehow, some way, made a connection with a grizzly bear and were able to have him as a roommate, like, nobody would mess with you. You're like, oh, you want to you wanna hang out? Well, guess what? My roommate is a grizzly bear. So if you mess with me, bang, he's going to just start eating you. Like, if you were able to like communicate with him for your positive game oh so so we can train the grizzly bear if we want to like this is an i mean like it's up to you i don't i don't know your abilities in training grizzly bears donnie but like if you were able to figure out i'm saying it could be actually pretty badass i mean i guess it's like imagine just sitting there on snapchat taking uh you take a story of your grizzly bear just like laying in bed or whatever just how strange would that be i don't know i don't know how he comes up with these questions you know i really give him props for just being a creative mind in, in the world we need more of that honestly I, honestly, I mean, Josh does a great job getting getting our minds going. But yeah, I mean, logical answer. I'll go with the roommate with COVID. But I do think there's like 2% of me that's like, you know what? That would be pretty badass, actually, to have a grizzly bear roommate. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, you know, so I feel like I'd probably be pretty afraid the first couple of nights. But if, if he was trained, you know, it's like, maybe we'll get used to it. I don't know, man. That, this is just, it's too much for me right now. It's too much. Hey, we'll take it. So appreciate that from Josh. As always, we look forward to uh, talking with Josh this upcoming week uh, as we get ready for the MLB season. But yeah, never fails to, to come up with the interesting questions for us. So uh, once again, thank you, Josh, there. Moving on, three questions left this week. We This next one comes from our buddy Dan, who just really wants us to brag about him. I mean, that just shows you everything you need to know about Dan. But he says here, he says, he feels like he is leaned on for scoring when we play 2K, along with Donnie. So he gives Donnie a shout out here. And we he wants to us to compliment his ability as improving in 2K, because if he talked about how he was one of our leading scorers in 2k a year ago we would all call him an idiot so i mean really dan just wants us to say hey man nice job improving at 2k so there you go i just said it for you dan obviously that's what you were looking for so i hope you're happy that i just gave it to you here on the podcast yeah i'm not gonna hype you up any at all here it's like you know you know what you do well you know who doesn't do things well it's like you know you're fine dan you're doing great i'm really proud of you um, you know, great question. The only thing I'll say, thank you for not asking us about Victor Hedman on the Devils because we would just say or that Chelsea. the Devils still suck. That's that's really yeah, true. Or or players that are not on Chelsea. So I guess 
uh, a, a different type of question there from Dan. So uh, thank you for that one. Obviously, Dan, one of our good buddies. So uh, we appreciate that one. But uh, moving on here, next question. Another one relating to Donnie and video games here. So uh, this one comes from at Iggs Wings. Iggy on Twitter, he says, would Montage Moment be a top 10 team in the CBGA tournament if Donnie was on the team? So Donnie, this is your opportunity now to hype yourself, yourself up if you so choose. So what do you think? Would you be able to carry Montage Moment if you were on the team? to a top 10 ranking in the cbj tournament no i mean it's like i was on the team for the last tournament didn't go as far as we had hoped um i don't think i'm the one doing any changing here you know i'm just i'm just trying to be a good teammate you know post some some social media highlights and have a good time you know it's like i'm here for the uh you know i'm here for the vibe i'm, I'm not here to be like the best player of all time but you know i'll always be a, a positive aspect in the party and that's what you're looking for i think Hey, I'll take it. Humbleness from Donnie, my awesome co-host. So uh, good words there. But yeah, I'm going to say, I'm going to hype up Donnie here real quick. If there's nobody I would take more as an offensive defenseman in EASHL, NHL 20 than Donnie. Donnie's the man. So uh, he didn't hype himself up. He took the humble road. So I respect it. I wanted to hype Donnie up there. But uh, yeah, shout out to Donnie there. But thank you for that question there, Iggy. We will take that one. Yeah, you know, I appreciate the hype. You know, I'm not going to do it myself, but you know, I really... Uh... Sometimes you need somebody to talk up, uh, talk you up, and you know, my confidence has just doubled. In the fact, in the last forty-five seconds, my confidence has just doubled, maybe wow. tripled. Like we'll see. Well, that's good that your confidence just went up, Donnie, because this last question does not help you up as much. This one's from our buddy Ben at Prime you on Twitter. He doesn't even ask a question. He just says that I, Rody, am cooler than Donnie. So uh, Iggy kind of just hyped you up. I hyped you up, Donnie. But then apparently Vin declares that I'm cooler than you. You know what? I mean, Donnie, you're an awesome guy. I'm not here to, to pick battles. We're, you're, you know, my co-host. You're an equal of mine. So I'm not, I'm not going to be the one to say that I'm cooler than you, but that's coming from, from Vin there. Yeah, you know, so I'm not sure what I did to him. You know, he has to be rated as a prospect. I went into, I dug deep to find his huddle highlights, and this is how I get treated. Um, just, just disgusting, honestly. Just disgusting. I mean, the disrespect, it's shocking from a fellow Ranger fan right there. Yeah, you know, it's like I've met him multiple times. You know, we've, we've had conversations before, and this is how I get treated. This is, this is how it happens. Unbelievable. So, yeah, that's what we got there. I mean, we'll take all sorts of questions as they come, but uh, thank you for that question there, Vin, as we wrap up here. But, uh, yeah, definitely uh, a good podcast here. Thank you, obviously, everybody to ask their question this week. As always, uh, we really look forward to that, answering everybody's questions. So, um, shout out to you there. But, yeah, as I mentioned at the top of our podcast, definitely uh, look out for our MLB preview show. If you're listening to this podcast, say middle of next week, it may already be out. So, um, definitely be on the lookout for that. But, um, with that, I can send it over to Donnie for our final words here. But uh, yeah, thank you again for everybody who is still here with us and listening. Also, if you happen to be interested in fantasy baseball, uh, you know, our draft for, for the league that we have talked about multiple times on this podcast is tomorrow night, uh, probably around this time. Uh, so keep your eye out on Twitter to see our lineups. Um, you know, it, it's just an exciting, it's an exciting part of my summer. Uh, always one of my, uh, one of my favorite parts of the summer, you know, having these leagues. It's a great time. Um, also, uh, if you're a fan of Sheck West and you have some way to get a uh, connection with Sheck West to get him on the podcast, feel free to, you know, just, just throw our at in his DMs or something, you know, we'll figure it out. Um, Sheck, if you're listening as, as you always are, um, feel free to just, you know, send us a DM. I know you're a little bit shy. I get it, but we're really ready to have you on the podcast. And, you know, it's like, you want to talk basketball playoffs as they're coming up. You want to talk football, baseball, whatever you want to talk about. We're here to talk about it with you. And I think Ryan would definitely agree. You know, it, we'll, 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 
we can definitely coordinate with you. We can we can work around you and your schedule here. So, um, you know, if, if you want to come on and discuss some things, feel free. We're here. Like we're really here, just waiting for you. Yeah, good stuff there. Uh, good call, Donnie. Obviously, Sheck West. I mean, it's only a matter of time before he heads on the podcast, and here's all of our fantasy baseball analysis. So, uh, good stuff. But um, yeah, that goes it for uh, this podcast here. So, uh, big thank you again for everybody listening, and we will talk to you guys middle of next week, getting closer to baseball season. So, get hyped for that. I know Donnie and I definitely are. So, uh, thank you everybody, and we'll talk to you guys later. Peace. Peace. <laughs> I'm free as a bird, I wanted this shit my whole life I had all this stress on my mind until I realized Things pan out when it's right, in the meantime I'm a grind I think of them days when I was so young on my plight Partying, bushing and play, was up in the city The one that's surrounded by lights, wanted to bum it away Get out of his lane, got no time, don't need no advice Except for my mama, rap for my daughter, she's all I need, she got a